0: Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in today. If you need help keeping track, today is Friday, January 22nd, TGIF. It's the fourth Friday of the month. Only one more Friday left in January, and then we get to see a new month in 2021. And we told you last week we would have the second part of a two-part series with Safe Passage on domestic violence. And with us today again is Carrie Ketman. And joining us for the first time is detective jamie straber how are you this morning ladies good good thank you yeah absolutely it's great to have you on now detective straber one thing i did not warn you beforehand is i have a really hard-hitting question for all newbies and that is this is coffee with kaufman so how do you like to drink your coffee
1: oh whoa it kind of depends on the season. Um, I'm not going to lie. I I do like pumpkin spice coffee, but on a normal basis, it's probably just black with milk.
0: All right. Fair enough. That's okay. We can't harm anyone that likes pumpkin spice lattes. They're very popular by all means. Uh, Your partner in crime next to you there, she likes black coffee. I find that to be the most difficult drink to drink in the entire world. I have to have a lot of cream. Half cream, half coffee. Everyone knows that here. I guess people like to say I like to drink creamer that's coffee-flavored, maybe. I heard, <laughs> I heard that the other day. That was a little interesting. Well, if you could, Detective, I'd like if you could just kind of tell us what you do with the Baseball Police Department.
1: Um, well, I've started here back in '08. i I've played a lot of different roles. Uh, the most recent role is last year I took um, a detective spot with our department's. And I've been a liaison with Safe Passage for probably over two years now. So I do a lot of different things, um, but that's the most recent position I've taken.
0: That's exciting for sure. And the liaison role with Safe Passage, from my understanding, that's a newer role, kind of a new concept just with you. So if you could kind of tell us about what that role entails.
1: Sure. So Safe Passage, I believe... Um, services six counties um, and we kind of just started this with the Batesville Police Department having a liaison and it started because we saw the need to have a better working relationship not that we didn't have one um, but this has really just made it so much better for victims um, and everybody involved so if say that we get a DV call um, at the Batesville Police Department I usually respond to uh, the scene if need be. Um, I contact safe passage it's just it's easier for me to have a relationship with somebody here as far as case managers, knowing who to call, what services these you know victims need. Um, I work with the hospital really well and getting them medical attention. Uh, there's just a lot involved, a lot more than people realize, yeah. Oh, definitely,
0: Carrie. You have something
1: to add to that?
2: Yeah, it's just um, you know we have we have separate roles between service providers and law enforcement, but there's so many areas of overlap. So I want to give a little credit to our residential director, Kim Bowman, who really fostered this um, for the past couple of years, and it it really didn't come out of a formal structure as much as trial and error and what makes sense. And Batesville is just really fortunate to have. This relationship this liaison because we do have to adhere to confidentiality which can be very tricky at times and sometimes um, could be off-putting to those that don't understand why and the fact that we are federally mandated for um, to even have programs to have to adhere to that confidentiality so um, detective Straber really assists us with the education piece Um, to her fellow law enforcement officers, and um, really bridges that gap between service provider and uh, first responders. So we we really appreciate the opportunity that Batesville Police Department's given us with this pilot.
0: So in general, do most domestic violence calls come through dispatch, or are we looking at, um, are there times where, you know, as a non-residential director, people on the hotline are needing to contact the police?
2: Right. Um, every once in a while, uh, and I'll plug our helpline uh, right now, the helpline is 1 733 1990. We will get calls into that helpline. Um, and depending on what our advocates assess as the immediate situation, you know, sometimes it's you need to hang up and go ahead and call the police, you know, mm-hmm. so it could be anything from that to. Those that are early contemplation, thinking about is this domestic violence? What do I need to do next? And um, so, in terms of if they reach us first before the police department, and we determine through that helpline call that their best call would be to police, that's what we do first.
1: Um, a lot of calls do come in through the heart of the PD, which is the dispatch center, and. I've been asked a lot lately if domestic violence has been on the rise because of COVID and people staying at home. And honestly, I can't answer that because DV victims, a lot of victims don't call, they don't report, and a lot of them come straight through safe passage instead of going through the police department. And what I've noticed just through my experiences, what I've had to learn um, is that some DV victims might not, not want to talk to law enforcement uh, to not take it personally because usually DV victims have a history and through that history, they might've had one bad encounter with law enforcement that's made them not want to talk to us. So having the good rela- working relationship with Safe Passages allows me to meet with the victim repeatedly until they gain my trust and confidence for them to tell me their story.
0: Do you, Do you feel like, Um, has your, your time with safe passage made it easier for, even for you to be able to handle these cases?
1: Definitely. Um, safe passage has been a great resource for me. They've, they've educated me on a lot of, um, things with DV victims. I've taken some advanced classes and training. Uh, basically my job as a liaison is to understand what the victim needs and to get them help, and that that takes a lot of different roles. Sometimes it's just talking them into coming in to see me or somebody from Safe Passage. Sometimes it's you know going into the to the home um, after a bad accident incident, more say with um, their spouse. There's just so many different levels and layers to DV cases. It's hard to kind of wrap that all up in a quick interview.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely understand that. Now, I have to I would have to say on the other side of that, has there been anything without specifics made your role as a li- liaison more difficult to handle compared as a police officer?
1: Um I'm gonna say sometimes it is difficult because um, it's very heartbreaking to see these cases and work with the same clients over and over because a lot of DV uh, clients stay in the same situation and it is heartbreaking to see that and kids over and over with the same incidents. Um, I, I didn't understand the cycle of DV really. I mean, I got training on it, but until you actually are there and you talk to these people and you see the circumstances, you don't understand. So it is difficult, um, more heartbreaking than difficult.
0: Yeah, uh, certainly heartbreaking by all means. Um, Because I'm sure it's something as an officer, you always want to help someone. And this isn't a situation where someone's always immediately willing to accept that help. Right.
1: Right. I guess sometimes it makes it difficult because I do feel like I'm like I'm helpless, like I can't help them because a lot of it is them coming forward and and wanting to help themselves. And, you know, the part that they're going to play, are they going to accept the help? Are they going to maybe do services they're in-house or out-house, But at the end of the day, if they decide not to talk to me and to walk away, there's nothing I can do.
0: Yeah, it's still their choice. And that's kind of, I think, I think we, we tried to cover that last time. And that was, um, these are your choices to make and you're free and it's trying to make you as independent as possible, but getting the best help.
2: Right. And sometimes it's hard in the moment to remember that even just if you're not seeing what in your mind as a service provider or a law enforcement officer, what you would like to see is like the immediate result. Um, people forget the value of that intervention and also planting the seeds that this is if, if you are in a situation, this is what you can do it may take a few times for that to occur before a survivor is ready to leave that situation. Um, And it's important for them to do it because a lot of their options and choices have been stripped from them. It's important for us to not just in saying, this is what you do next. We offer the options, we lay it out, explain what they can do when they're ready and we wait. We're patient and we wait for them to make that choice, because at the end of the day, when they own that choice their the buy in is going to be much greater to um, change their situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one thing I want to make sure that people if anyone's listening right now um, and you feel like you're in a domestic violence situation, you need to talk to someone at Safe Passage. Um, let's give that information out on how they can contact
2: you. Yes, Jody. thanks. It's, uh, the toll-free line is 877-733-1990.
0: We're going to take a short break, and when we return, we'll continue speaking with Carrie Ketman and Detective Jamie Straber. And we're back. If you've just tuned in, today we're talking about domestic violence. This is our second part of a two-part series, and we're speaking with Carrie Ketman with Safe Passage, as well as Detective Jamie Straber, who is with the Mason Police Department, and as well as a liaison for Safe Passage. So, now kind of switching topics slightly, if you could, let's kind of talk to. I feel like some people are scared. They're scared. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't like the unexpected. They kind of want to know what's going to go on. So, what happens if the police are involved in a domestic violence situation?
1: Sure. So, walking through that, like I said, um, usually it starts in the heart of the PD, which is our dispatch. And our dispatchers are trained to get as much information as they can um, on the phone before we arrive. They'll get information, Uh, the main information they get is where are you, who are you, are there any weapons involved, is anybody hurt, are there children in the home. They'll get as much information as they can and give that to us on our way there. Obviously, when we get there, if there's any injuries, uh, medical attention, we take care of that right away as soon as it's safe for them to EMS to come. And then what we like to do is we like to separate all the parties involved before we get any statements anything like that. So once they're separated, we'll sit down um, and talk to everybody. Sometimes that includes even talking to the neighbors, any witnesses, anything like that. What we like to do is we like to take the statements that we are given and make sure that the stories match the scene. So sometimes we get there and we'll have a victim say, well, I just fell, you know, sorry, you know, one of our kids call, I just fell down, I'm fine. But you look at the house and the scene doesn't match the story. There's stuff broken everywhere, the door's broken, and that's when we know we need to dig a little further. We document everything. We gather any evidence and we send our final report to the prosecutor who ultimately makes the decision um, what charges are going to be filed, if any. And as soon as I get there, what I like to do is I like to get safe passage involved right away uh, because they're professionals at this. And sometimes victims don't feel comfortable with the police because of that one bad experience they had somewhere. Sure. And, they can come in and they can make the victim feel calm, comfortable, and they're more willing to work with us. That's why this relationship is, is so great. And so, after that, um, let's say that we get there and uh, neither party is arrested. What we like to do is make sure that they stay separated, maybe for the evening. We kind of want, want to diffuse the situation as much as possible. We want to make sure the kids are safe, anybody in the home is safety. Safety is our first priority. Um, If anyone needs medical attention, we're responsible to make sure they have access to that. Uh, We contact any, any of their friends, family that make them feel comfortable, they can stay there. We basically are responsible for the comfort and the needs of the victim. And we also like to follow up with the victim after the incident if it's safe. Sometimes it's not safe for us to follow up with them, so we let them contact us.
0: So I have to imagine uh, Frank, the Franklin County prosecutor, Chris Hircamp yesterday stated that, um, you know, sometimes there's victims that after the fact, after everything's diffused, after everyone's calmed down, um, they don't want to pursue the charges. And so I have to imagine that probably happens a lot. And at that point, um, what kind of advice would you give to someone to still continue working with you guys?
1: Anybody that's in a, a situation like this, I hope they stay working with Safe Passage. It's such an amazing group here of women. And I feel like they're trained in understanding how to get the victims what they need, whatever that looks like at the time. It might not be what I think they need, but they know what they need uh, as far as making sure they're safe, um, getting them counseling, you know, sometimes even getting the suspect classes or counseling to whatever it looks like, whatever they need at the time and Detective Straver just keyed on a
2: a very great point is what we think may need to happen in the moment might not be what that survivor is um, safest choice is. So we rely on them, The, the survivors, those involved that she, she or he or the, they're the experts of their own safety. So If they do not want to proceed with any services or um, proceed with law enforcement, that is honored. And they know when they are ready, if they get to that point, where to reach out.
0: Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Now, I will say maybe, and I I can't, of course, talk from experience or anyone that's ever said anything to me, but I have to imagine that there are people out there that are scared that they're going to ask for help and nothing's going to come from it does that I I guess how do we uh, how do we advise those people that it's still okay to reach out
1: I wouldn't say that just and I'm sure some people do feel like if they reach out nothing's going to happen or come from it but that again depends on them how much help are they willing to take because between the Batesville Police Department and Safe Passage we have so many resources to get them out of the situation whether that's a living situation Um, whether they need some place to go, whatever it is. I mean, our, our community has so many resources for people, whether it's, you know, domestic violence, whether these victims need help with groceries, diapers, transportation to doctor's appointments. There's a lot of things that keep people in these situations. You know, they may not have a job, so financially they're relying on the suspect. Uh, maybe they they're not allowed to have a driver's license, so they're relying on him to take them to doctor's appointments. Everything we have everything that a victim may need. It's just are they willing to take it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we hope that today we have encouraged at least if I feel that if we've encouraged at least one person to seek help for being in a terrible um situation, then um We've done our role today, ladies, I I guess. Maybe I hope that's optimistic enough for sure. Um, What about, you know, like what kind of how serious can domestic violent charges be?
1: That depends on the situation. Each each incident is different. Um, I will say that there's no routine DV call for us or there's no routine charges Um, It depends on the incident, and there are a lot of um, elevating charges, depends on was it done with a weapon, were they, you know, held, were they taken in a vehicle somewhere. There's so many different things that could enhance charges that it's hard to say on each incident, but I will say that there is no routine DV call for us or charges. DV is one of the most dangerous calls that we go on as police department.
0: Yeah, I totally. Um, yeah, I, I feel like they probably because they're just so um, unpredictable, I imagine.
1: They are very unpredictable. Um, sometimes, even you know, you think you arrest the suspect that the victim would be okay with that and they're not some of the victims have actually attacked us for arresting the suspect hmm. it's it's very dangerous actually statistics show that most suspects that kill police officers have a history of domestic violence wow that's an interesting statistic to take in
0: um what about what you know the aftermath all this has occurred you have involved the police what's next
2: well, we see a lot of our survivors, um, it's, and, and Detective Straber could probably attest to this as well. Right in the immediate aftermath, there can be, um, a range of emotions from relief to recant, you know, that in anywhere in between. So, um, you know, getting used change is hard and getting used to a different way of life than you've been used to, even if we perceive that as a negative way of life is difficult. It's challenging. It's outside of your comfort zone. So that's why it's just a consistent message that this, this, this is what your options are. This is what we're here for. Um, we have the ability to offer these types of resources Um, Anywhere from support group to again, like the transportation um, referrals for addiction services, there's all kinds of things that we can be uh, linking our survivors with what they need to and they just have to make that decision. And when they make that decision, it can be extremely empowering, extremely liberating. But that aftermath is really, really hard. It's a huge continuum of responses.
1: I'd also like to say that um, that the victim doesn't always have to contact us. Maybe it's a friend or family member of the victim that's noticed some things that don't just seem right, some warning signs, and I've been contacted by them as well. And reaching out to the victim, sometimes it's not them reaching to us, we reach out to them.
0: Yeah, that is strong as well to take in. You know, if you guys notice anyone, your loved ones, your friends, your your neighbors are um, acting strangely something that you've noticed going on, please contact somebody to possibly get them some help. I surely can't think that they would be angry at you for caring about them by any means. Uh, Ladies, do you guys have any final thoughts here today?
2: Yeah, I I just wanted to, you know, I know that I've, plugged kind of our helpline a few times. I just kind of wanted to offer uh, Detective Straber to, you know, when when folks are in situations where just, you know, there's an immediate safety risk, it's it's important to identify the helpline is good for one thing, but primarily if you're at risk for, um, or in a situation where you need law enforcement to respond, Detective Straber, you want to let them know what they sure. need to do there.
1: Um- if it's, if it's an emergency, obviously they can call 911. Um, if it's not, they can call our regular number, which is 934-3131. Um, and also just because somebody calls me doesn't mean that I'm gonna show up to their house and start answering questions. If somebody wants to reach out to me just to talk to me, um, to talk about some options or tell me what's going on, you know, I, I leave that up to them. Um, I'm always here. If anybody needs to contact me, they can get a hold of me either through Safe Passage or through the Batesville Police Department. With anything that they need, I'm more than happy to help any way that we can. That is
0: definitely awesome to hear. Well, this has been really great information to take in today, and I've really appreciated my time. Uh, Thank you, Carrie, for being on for two weeks in a row and and suffering through my interviews. And thank you today to Detective Straber as well. Um, Great work you ladies are doing.
2: Thank you, you. and you have been a tremendous host, so we appreciate the time.